Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Hockey podcast. I'm your host, Danny Heath. And today we had on Jeremy Rupke of How To Hockey, social media influencer, all around good guy. And with me as usual to host this bad boy is Pete Cameron of Elevated Hockey. And yeah, this was a really cool one. You know, I've been following Coach Jeremy at, like a lot of people online for, for a while. And he's, he's had a huge influence in helping a lot of uh, players get excited about the game, learn some of the little details and nuances of training at home. And, uh, you know, it was really, it was really interesting to me to connect with, with Jeremy and, and hear a little bit about his backstory and how he got into uh, the whole YouTube hockey social media hockey world and and how he's you know he's helping the game being an ambassador for the game in, in a really positive way so i think it was really cool connecting with coach jeremy and and learning more about what he's 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 doing what are you excited to share about this episode danny i i mean this guy loves hockey and anybody that loves hockey is okay in my book and he dives into the mic'd up mason video which uh, uh is pretty it's a must watch so <laughs> Check all that stuff out. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Show us some love because we are we are in this thing and we're enjoying it and we're having fun and the interviews are just flowing right now. So hit that like button. Also, shoot us any messages with any any guests you want to see or any questions that you might want to answer on here. So we're excited about this. Anything else, Coach, or are we diving in? I think we dive right in. Let's hear what uh, Coach Jeremy has to say. Let's do it. Let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at HockeyWolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit HockeyWolf.com today. HockeyWolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm-up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Originally hailing from Beaverton, Ontario, Canada, he played his minor hockey for the Beaverton Blades and later coached in Huntsville, Ontario. For the last 10 years, he's been teaching hockey and sharing his love for the game through his instructional hockey brand, How To Hockey, amassing hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of views of his instructional and entertaining videos. Hockey coach, family man, and all-around passionate ambassador for our game. Jeremy Rupke, welcome to Let's Go Hockey Podcast. How's it going today? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm still playing hockey and training for hockey, so I can't complain. Right. Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird time, but obviously, you know, keeping the game around and, and thankfully, uh, you know, people – People have given social media a thumbs down for a little bit, but it's kind of keeping things alive now. And I like I'm a big fan of it and I think it enhances our game. But talk to us a little bit just about your hockey career and your background and how you got um, up into the point you are now. Yeah, I mean, I just grew up as uh, a lot of kids in Canada and probably the States as well. And I mean, I guess all around the world, but uh, I loved hockey. Uh, it was, you know, a, a part of my life. Uh, a lot of my best friends came from hockey. 
and uh, I just always wanted to be a part of my life. I never played at a really high level. Uh, probably a few years that I, I could have gotten a lot better, but I, I couldn't get on the ice just because of family issues, uh, divorce, and you know, jumping from like one place to the next, moving, uh, being fairly poor. Uh, we lived in a trailer for like one summer in an apartment for, so you know, stuff like that. Um, so there, I think there was like a, a few years where I didn't play or I only played, uh, you know, a little bit. Um, missed a few key development areas and then but I always had that like passion I always just I love playing hockey uh, I was always happy when I got on the ice when I played and when I practiced practiced and when I got older I mean I a lot of some kids if they're playing really competitive they'll quit after 15 or 16 they don't get drafted whatever they're done um, for me that's like hockey is just I always wanted to be a part of it so I started coaching and just helping out and I was looking online uh, for websites uh, you know resources for hockey and I was surprised that there wasn't anything like really substantial uh so I figured hey like if, if no one's making a website like I can make a website that that can help people learn how to play hockey so I did that and then I was looking for videos to embed in the website and they weren't that great so I was like well if no one's making hockey videos I can make some hockey videos so you know better than what's out there anyways and um yeah the plan was just to make a few and it became my full-time thing yeah, that's awesome. I think, um, you know, you and I talked about this once before when we met briefly, but, you know, I was always curious about, um, you know, making that transition from, you know, you, you like you just explained, you grew up playing hockey and you, you yep. saw kind of a hole in the market. There was, you were, you were looking for advice and help and it just wasn't out there. So you, you kind of just got the gung ho and, and did it. Um, how did that translate the timing of that with when you were coaching youth hockey? Was that kind of after you started making the videos or were the videos came first and then you got into coaching youth hockey? Yeah, it, it kind of went like uh, hand in hand. Like I wanted to get into coaching um, on the ice with the team, but I was still pretty young and I had just moved to like a new area. And it was kind of like, hard, I guess hard to, to get on a uh, coaching staff unless like you knew someone. Um, so I was doing a little bit of coaching, but I, like I wasn't on a team yet. And then I started, you know, like, hey, why? Um, like, I, I don't need to be on a team to coach. I really wanted to, and I didn't get accepted into the organization or whatever. I was like, oh, well, this stinks. Like, I want to coach. So I was just looking at, like, websites, and I was like, man, there's no good coaching website. Like, why don't I just start there, uh, write about what I know, like how to take a wrist shot, how to you know, stick handle, shoot, pass, all, like, the basic stuff. Um, and and the idea was just to, like, you know, I had 20 years worth of playing experience as coach and all that stuff. I figured out a lot of stuff myself on the pond as well. And it was all those things, like anything that I wished that I uh, knew when I was younger or like it took a long time before like actually clicked, I'm just going to put all that out there. So it like, you know, uh, lessens the learning curve for anyone else learning how to play. Um, yeah, so that's the whole, whole idea. I started the website. And then after the website sort of took off and people were like really digging the videos, I was like, okay, like I need to coach next year. So I like, I made sure like I really pushed and got on a team and started coaching a, a team and then uh, reaching out to hockey instructors and getting on the ice and doing like private uh, stuff with them and then growing, I guess, my, my coaching repertoire. Nice. Yeah. And that kind of takes me to the next part. So when, you know, how did you find out or like, how would you have your experience of, of coaching on the ice and how that translated to like what videos you're going to make? Or did you include the kids in those early videos or was it more just you? Um, like how did that experience of actually then coaching a team and, and being an instructor on the ice translate into success in the digital world? It helped a lot, and I, I would almost say that making the videos and, and the website helped me more on the ice than being on the ice helped me make my videos because what drew, really drew, drove my curiosity was the videos that I was making. And before I put something out there for you know thousands of people to see, 
wanted to make sure that it was right. So I was like testing things, like analyzing video and going out in the garage and really working through the motions and making sure that, you know, it was effective and, and being able to explain it quickly on a video. And then once I got on the ice, I was like, all right, let's teach like what I just basically said in the video to on the ice. But there definitely were a few uh, times when something on the ice got translated into a video as well. So it, it's a nice, like, they're very complimentary of each other. And it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I follow all your stuff and uh, you, you have a passion for the game and, and that just doesn't uh, come from nowhere. Like there has to be people along the way that have impacted you. And was there, was there a coach that stands out to you that either coached you or that you've just been around kind of your whole life that, that really has impacted you? And, and why was that? Yeah, I, I had a lot, of, uh, a, good, a lot of good coaches growing up. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was usually on, like, the B team. So there's like, the A team, which is, like, the rep team in small town, the B team, because uh, a lot of times I, I could only make games just because of, like, the parents or whatever. Um, sure. So I guess, I guess usually the best coaches go to the A team. B team gets, like, the volunteer dad sort of thing. But – what I really appreciate about all the coaches is just that they were there and giving their time and, you know, they cared about the kids. So pretty much every coach that I had, and, and I guess one that stands out was Ed McDougall, who's uh, a buddy of mine, his, his dad, um, you know, just maybe not like a crazy hockey knowledge or anything like that, but he, he cared about the kids. He was there. He showed up every practice, every game, uh, always had the water bottles filled. Sometimes they were frozen because he left them in the truck uh, <laughs> over the week, but yeah, um, I just appreciate all the coaches putting their time and, and just being there for the kids. And you, there were some years where if there wasn't a coach, there wasn't going to be a team, you know? So there was, uh, yeah, it was just nice to have a coach at all. There's so many volunteer coaches out there at all different levels. You know, you, even at the highest levels, there's a lot of, a lot of volunteer coaches. Um, but yeah, I can really appreciate that. That's, I know that that's kind of a, a little bit of a, of why you do how to hockey and why you started it. That's kind of you know, right along the same lines of why we do this podcast and, I Danny, I do that. And that's my similar story. You know, like I volunteered to just be an on ice helper one year for some kids. And then yeah. all of a sudden the head coach couldn't be there anymore. Like his kid made the higher team and they yeah. literally didn't have a single parent that knew how to skate. And like, I was like, Oh, okay, I got to do this. Right. So like, I, you know, I've been in those shoes. I've been the volunteer coach before I, I can appreciate all the work those men and women do for the, the game. Um, but if we flip that to the, the other side of that, of the more the kind of the professional skill coaches, like I, I was looking back through some of your videos and I know that just over the last 10 years, you've had an opportunity to work with a lot of different coaches from a lot of different levels. Um, yep. what maybe if you could touch on some of that experience that you've gained from other coaches, uh, some skill coaches, some instructional coaches or other coaches that you've been on the ice with and worked with and kind of what, what lessons you took from them and what stood out to you while you were working with them like wow this guy's a pro he really knows what he's doing yeah i mean that's pretty much uh th that was my experience my education in, in hockey and coaching um was being able to work with so many different skills coaches so i'd say my first uh i guess experience was when i was about 15 i bought a vhs tape from sean skinner which was called stick handling beyond belief and i'd say that was probably one of the most influential coaches when i was younger and I didn't even get to meet the guy, but I was sitting there watching these videos. I'm like, how, why did I not know all of this stuff before? Like, why did no one teach this to me? And my stick handling, stick handling instantly got better, which was some, some of the inspiration that got me to start how to hockey. Cause I'm like, man, there must be a lot of people out, out there that didn't know this stuff. I paid like 120 bucks for that VHS set. Right. So <laughs> I made the YouTube. Still have it. Free. 
Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, I still got the, the, the box set. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a collector's item by any means, but it means something to me, so I kept it around. Um, but then after that, getting on the ice with instructors, um, Scott Grover and Mike Torkoffer in the local area, they were really good, uh, some of the first guys I got on, and it was nice to like just see how they ran the ice and the, the types of drills they were using, how they progressed, and I kind of picked that up. And later on, I got on the ice with uh, Jim Vitale. He's in Toronto, runs Vital Hockey Skills, and – he, he was the guy who, like, really ran intense. He had four hours of ice time, and he would do that four days a week, four hours, and to see how he kept the kids going on every single ice session, how he had the variations and, and so many different edge work drills. You know, he had, like, an hour for skating, an hour for um, stations, an hour for edge work, and then an hour for overspeed and shooting. Uh, so, yeah, he had a great system. And then, uh, yeah, I got to meet uh, a few higher, like, or I guess they're all high, high end uh, coaches, but I drove down to Boston to meet uh, Adam Nicholson of, uh, or Adam Nicholas of uh, Stride Envy. And he, like, yeah, he just, to, he has such a, a great mind for the game. And you could see how each drill was so purposely created and, uh, you know, how he took kids through progressions and stuff like that. I really like that. Uh, and, and his work ethic as well. Like he was up at like six in the morning and didn't get home until like 8 PM. And I, he did that almost every day. So. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I, I got to skate with uh, Adam once and his attention to detail is, um, yeah. is up there for sure. Um, and it's really cool. Some of the stuff that he goes through uh, coming off of that stuff. And so uh, one, I love that. Like you've documented all that stuff. Like that's just, to me, that, that seems so cool that like you can go on and I can see what they're doing over in Boston. I mean, I grew up in Arizona, so it's cool to see all that stuff. So, um, but you've all, you've also had a ton of other crazy hockey experiences, um, like the cave, the rooftop rink, NHL collaborations, hockey, how, like all those cool things. Uh, is there one that really sticks out or can you talk about a couple of those that you're, that, that you, that you took part in? Yeah, I've been really fortunate uh, to to be able to you know take part in some of those experiences. I guess the first one that really stood out for me, or was really like like a wow experience, was the uh, the mountaintop rink with uh, Molson Canadian. So they had the anything for hockey contest, and I was making the hockey videos, and I was like, I guess I, I do anything for hockey. I I got to put my name in the hat, so I uh, created a little entry video, and sure enough, I was selected. And I got to skate on a rink, like a perfect rink made in the most uh, like iconic sort of setting up in the mountains. Had to get helicoptered in and uh, yeah, spent, spend my time up there for a couple of days just uh, playing, playing hockey. So that, that was probably one of the best experiences. And the other one was the, the cave. I really enjoyed that. Just, you know, calling up a few buddies and be like, hey, let's go for a drive. It's six hours away and we might get to play hockey or it could be a complete failure and we'll just have to drive six hours straight back home. Uh, you guys in? And they're like, yep, let's go. So if we all loaded up the car and just, yeah, hit the road. We got, I think, I'm like, I think it's in this area somewhere. I don't know. We'll ask around. So there's a complete uh, coin toss if we would actually get to play. And even if we got there, like, maybe the ice would be terrible. Like, there was no, like, you know, live footage or, uh, you know, webcam that I could check on the ice conditions. But, yeah, we made it there, and the ice was perfect. And uh, it was just once in a lifetime like there's no other place to skate like that in the world so yeah the hockey game is definitely uh, one of the, the big ones for me to highlight yeah that was wild i remember when when you when you put that out there i mean i i've always loved following your account because i think you have such a good healthy balance of uh like the hockey instructional how kids are going to mm-hmm. become better but then also like just 
documenting what you're doing and like wild experiences like that where people can kind yeah. of live vicariously through some ridiculous adventure like that. Um, which I, I, I think is totally entertaining. I think it's really fun watching what kind of these, these wild opportunities that, that come up. Um, and with that, you know, one of the ones I remember, I remember, uh, seen that you'd gone and coached internationally and gone and coached overseas and maybe that's a couple yep. of times, but maybe can you speak about that uh, kind of the hockey coaching experience that you've had? Like, cause I know you coach all over Canada. Um, but some of that, the experiences you've had with that, bringing the game overseas or, or what, what it's like when you're jumping on the ice, teaching kids in different places. Yeah, that, that was amazing um, to be able to. So, so I did it with, um, with a friend of mine uh, who's, who's over there in Asia and, uh, basically he was, um, running tournaments in all these different countries and, uh, through him, through, through him, he was able to set up, uh, basically a four, uh, country Asian tour. So I went to Malaysia, uh, Bangkok, Hong Kong, and then, uh, mainland China. And yeah, for, for me, I'm like, okay, if I don't make any money, like this is like, I, I'm, I'm in it just like, I, I don't think, I actually think I didn't get paid. <laughs> it was just like, I just want to go and, and do like, just see what that's like, like the opportunity to go and coach and, and travel the world and, and all these places where when I was a kid, uh, I didn't think hockey existed in those places. And yeah, it was, it was like a dream come true for sure to do something like that. And what I really gathered from it is that nothing is really that different. Like you walk into a rink in Canada or you walk into a rink in Malaysia and you're going to see a lot of the same stuff. You're going to see crazy hockey parents. You're going to see kids that love hockey. You're going to see, you know, crumpled up balls used as hockey pucks and little games of like uh, knee hockey. You know, it, it all, it, the kids are going to stink because they just, you know, work their butts off on the ice. A lot of it is the same. The conditions are a little bit different. The scenery is a little bit different. But you still get, like I still got the same feeling. Uh, as stepping on the ice in uh, Canada. It's just, you know, the smiles are there. The love for the game is there. Um, it's just, you're, you're in a warmer climate. That's about it. And the, and the language is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Danny always makes fun of me because I've, I've got a soft spot for the uh, international hockey stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I love it. I can't get, I mean, that's like a big driving force of mine is like bringing the game and helping it grow in areas yeah. that kind of the more non-traditional areas and that's a big fuel for what I do but I mean you're exactly right that when you get overseas and or in a different area of the world that hockey may not be as prevalent I mean it comes down to hockey's hockey and the yep. kids love it the parents love it the sacrifices they make to to let their kids play are, are astronomical in some some instances and uh so I think it's it's a pretty it's 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 a thing that a lot of people don't even know exists is, is these hockey in these kind of non-traditional countries yep. and I think for someone like yourself that's able to experience that firsthand it's uh, and then tell the story, which I think is really cool about the factor of that too, is being able to tell that story of, of here's what they do over there and here's what it's like mm -hmm. over there. And it's, it is different than the U S or Canada, but ultimately it's, it's the same. The game's the same. So. Yeah. And like, I, I was expecting like different, like, Oh, these kids aren't going to be that great because they're, you know, in a country where hockey isn't as like popular, but some of these kids are like, Oh yeah, we're on the ice five days a week. And then you, you can tell, right? Like, if you're on the ice five days a week in Canada, you're on the ice five days a week in Bangkok, Thailand, you're going to get the same skill. Like, you know, you, they've got good coaches over there. They've got good coaches over here. It's just, there's less, you know, coaches over there. That's all less opportunity. But if you're on the ice five days a week and you're pushing yourself, you're going to look good and you're going to, you're going to be a good player. And that's what I noticed. There were kids like the more time you're on the ice, the better you're going to get. 
and there's good players over there for sure. They could come over and play double A or triple A, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think just the more and more that grows, it's going to be even better to follow and watch. And, um, you know, hockey's hockey. And I wish that they still let kids crumple up balls and play like floor hockey in the, in the rink. But there's like a billion signs now at our rink that say no yeah. ball hockey, no hallway hockey. And that's yeah. kind of frustrating to me. Like, I learned a bunch about hockey doing that stuff. And so whenever I see it going on, I always turn it, turn another cheek and let it kind of happen. But, uh, that is what it is. But, um, I mean, it's cool to see that. I mean, you are obviously a family man. I think I saw you putting, putting something on your dishwasher the other day, which was pretty cool to follow around or something that you're, (laughs) you're putting on, but that, um, it's cool to see that stuff. And like that, that's the, the real life behind the scenes stuff of a hockey parent. Um, And so do you have any like advice for just new hockey parents or guardians to, to kind of take with them as, as they start their journey with, I mean, especially if, like my mom never played the game, so she didn't know what she's getting into. So yeah. got any advice for those, those parents or guardians? Yeah, I'd say, uh, make it fun. Uh, it's okay to apply a bit of pressure, but you know, don't push too hard because it, just remember that the, the kids are there to have fun. Um, you know, I, I would say let your kids know when you're proud of them. Uh, let your kids know when they did a good job and I wouldn't push too hard on like the negative side of things because the one thing I always hear from, uh, you know, players that grew up playing hockey, there's some that say they dreaded the car ride home, right? Cause it's like, okay, dad is going to sit there and grill you for 20 minutes. And you know, it, it kind of ruins the experience or puts a damper on it. Right. Uh, so if, if you're a hockey parent, just make it fun. Uh, if the kids are having fun, they're going to want to go back to the rink. They're going to want to play. Uh, a good quote I heard, uh, I think it was like in Wayne Gretzky's book uh, that I read back in high school. So I might just quote this, but it was, it was some along the lines of like, what did your parents do to make you like such a great player? And he's like, they didn't do anything. That's why I was a good player. Cause I, they didn't have to tell me to shoot pucks. They didn't have to tell me to go to practice. I wanted to do it. And that's why I got better because it was within him. Right. So if your kid wants to be out there shooting a hundred pucks a day, he's going to go out there and shoot hundred pucks. If you have to force them to do it, you know, then it might not be worth it. Obviously you put a little pressure, you show like, but if you can make it fun, that's the best way to go about it. So, you know, have them fall in love with the game. Once they're in love with the game, make sure they stay in love with the game. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's solid advice, Jeremy, because we've heard that from a couple different coaches and players we've had on the podcast the last couple of weeks from different levels. And, and, and I think that that, that sentiment rings true where the, the players have to enjoy playing the game. And if they're really yeah. being, forced you know if it's like a, a pull a pull behind strategy you're like forcing them to the rink and you're forcing them to shoot yeah. box and stuff they're gonna burn out i mean i saw it with kids i played with that were the best kids out there and then by the time they're juniors in high school or seniors in high school they're like yeah i'm, I'm over it or like yeah you know, hang up the skates first chance they get sure um, if you're so dragging them if you're dragging them to the rink you know by the time they get old enough to start making their own decisions to get their own vehicle they're just like they'll find things they like more and then hockey falls to the wayside. I actually, I actually want to drop one more quote from uh, Shane Corson. I was talking to him, uh, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. I had, had the pleasure of, of talking to him for a bit down at, at a dinner. And he was telling me about um, driving his kid to the rink. And, you know, he was kind of grilling him for something. And uh, his, his kid started to get some tears in his eyes. And he sort of thought, stop, stops, and he's like, what am I doing? Like, why am I like doing this? Right. And then that was kind of like a changing moment for him. And after that, he just made sure it was fun and made sure his kid enjoyed hockey and stuff. So, um, I thought, you know, that's, that's something worth passing on. It's that that's from a pro player realizing that, you know, it's not worth it to push your kid to to those like extremes. Right. 
Yeah, and I think I think you're absolutely right about um as soon as they can drive, like they're they're gonna blow it off. Uh I'm not I'm not gonna mention a name, but I know <laughs> I know some kids that I uh grew up with that their their parents would pay for them to go to this like super fancy gym that was like an hour hour and a half away uh and like something that i wish could have went to um and these kids they they would drive their car an hour and a half uh take the like food money that their parents gave them and just go and hang out at like a restaurant there and, and do nothing and then Dang. and then drive back and, and kind of like turn it into like a guy's trip like they didn't even do the training and they, they come home big time. And so I think it goes back to just like, if you're pushing them too much, it's gonna, it's not going to end well when they can start making their own decisions. Yeah, totally. And you know, I get asked, I know Danny's got young kids. I got young kids, same as you, you, Jeremy. And I get asked a lot. They're like, Oh man, you and you and your little guy, Brooksy must be doing so many drills and stuff. I'm like, we don't do any drills because like we go down and play and like, yeah. you know, it could be five minutes or it could be an hour. It depends on how much yeah. you want. But that's just my personal opinion but because uh, i try to keep it fun you know like the last thing a five-year-old wants to do is run through stick handling drills if he doesn't want yep. to you know, so mason's five years old and i have seen kids that are like little hockey prodigies and they're like four and five years old and they're on the ice doing all these crazy drills if mason would do those i would certainly run him through it if he loved doing that type of stuff then i would do it with him all the time right but I'll, I'll, I always present the, the opportunity. Hey, you want to go in the driveway, you know, play some hockey? No, let's build Legos instead. Okay. And, you know, I'll, I'll push him a little bit. Sometimes I'm like, nah, we're going to go and play some, some hockey. And it might last 10 minutes. And then he's like, let's yeah. go look for bugs in the yard. All right. <laughs> you know, I got, I got some out of you. And, like, like, that's what I said. Like, apply a bit of pressure because obviously you can't let kids run the show. Um, right. But, yeah, whether your kid wants to spend three hours working on a stick handling at the age of four years old, uh, or not, that's up to that kid. It's not really up to the parent. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, there's also, there's always like a getting left behind mentality for some of the people that maybe want to push a little kid a little bit hard. Like they think yeah. like, you've got to play catch up and stuff. And Oh yeah. Yeah. From a youth, from a youth coach perspective, like I just don't think that really is a concern. You know, when we talk about one, one of our guests is in, in the NHL now and he didn't start skating until he was nine years old, you know? And so it's amazing. Like, yeah. You know, he's playing for the Penguins now. So yeah. um, that that early thing of getting their kid on skates and, and really pushing, pushing, pushing at four, five, six, it's just it kind of, in my opinion, it's irrelevant in the grand scheme. Right. So. And I think I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have seen so much of like hockey and been on the ice with so many people and, and talk to so many people that that's not something that I worry about because I have that same belief. It's like if, if he's not the best five-year-old and not the best six-year-old and not the best seven-year-old, doesn't mean he won't be a great, great at like nine or ten. Maybe he won't be great at all, it, whatever. But right. if, if and when, or you know, if he finds that passion where he wants to start training, he'll definitely be able to catch up. Uh, it, you know, if it happens at 9, 10, 11 years old, it won't take long because they can just acquire skills so much faster. Like right now, it might take forever to teach the kid, you know, toe drag, 360, whatever. Once they've got those muscle movements, those patterns, like better awareness of their body, better balance, all that stuff, you could teach that to like a 10 year old a lot faster than you could teach them a five year old. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And exactly like, you know, I know you're up in Canada. Um, yeah, I don't know how much they talk about the hockey Canada talks about this, but like in USA hockey, it's a real big push in the last couple of years about windows of trainability about yeah. how like certain, certain age groups really should be working on, you know, mobility and, and acquiring speed and, you know, that 10 to 12 window, a lot of it is, is that skill, um, skill window as well. And so like yep. from like, 
physiological standpoint, what you're talking about is exactly what a lot of the studies have shown too, that these windows of trainability are, are you don't have to learn it at five, six, seven. Yeah. Kids are going to be more like sponges when they're 12 for yeah. that skill anyway. So it's well, better. And just like general abilities too. Like I'll throw a ball to Mason. Like when he was three years old, he has his hands open, ready to catch and it hits him right in the face. Right. <laughs> so clearly he's not a bit uh, ready to, take on like super complex uh skill training right and now like he's, he's better at catching but it's still not great it's just like i don't know it seems obvious to me that i don't need to push him too hard um you know if, if you want it if he if he was one of those kids that was just like fearless and obsessed with with like learning you know yeah but if you don't have that kid then you can't really create that kid i don't think uh, so speaking of, of your son, Mason, so like, you know, I told my wife that, that you were coming on, I was like, Hey Whitney, what, what would you like to ask Jeremy? And she immediately was like, you got to ask him about that mic'd up Mason thing. Like, <laughs> what, you know, like that's the one that every, like, I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times, but yeah. tell us a little bit about, you know, like, I think that might've been your biggest video, uh, is, but yeah. if you want to give us a little bit of a background about how that came to be. And, you know, I've got, like I said, I got a little five year home and I know that it's ridiculous what they say, but <laughs> You know, and you've yeah. been copied a bunch of times on that video too by other people, but that original was so funny and so hilarious and I think the best one out there. So give us a little background on that and kind of what came from that video as well. Yeah, I think I lucked out because I had the idea like, you know, months before that. I just never really did it. And then um, it was pretty much just like I, I heard him say something, all kinds of ridiculous stuff when he's like playing by himself and like and with his friends or whatever. And then I'm sitting there watching him at practice. And he skates up to the coach and like, so what did he just say? I wonder. And then he like, he, he skates away laughing or something. Right. Like what, what did he just say? So I was just curious. And I was like, I, sh I should mic him up one of these practices. And I didn't do it. didn't do it. didn't do it. It was getting near the end of the season. I was like, okay, I got to mic him up. And I think it's best that like that one practice that I chose to mic him up, it was like where a lot of things were kind of clicking for him. Um, yeah. Cause, cause I, you know, I just, I just, I probably have the mic that I use. Everyone always asks me, what mic did you use? Here it is. It's the Tascam DR10L. I get asked this all the time, what mic did you use? So it records to a little SD card. So I just clipped it like right on uh, his, his hockey pants. And then after the fact, I just uh, synced up the audio to the video. Um, I think just that, that practice in particular, um, everything sort of came together where we were asking him to try to skate with both feet and he was like struggling. And to me, it looked like he wasn't even trying. But then when I watched that video, he's like, one, two, one, two, like counting and like trying to oh, push yeah. and like getting so excited. Like I did it. I did it, dad. Um, hearing that I was like, Oh man, like he actually cares. He's like, he's really trying. If I didn't hear him say that, like from the outside perspective, it just looks like he pushes with one foot and then, you know, for or two feet for two seconds and then stops and quits and gives up. But like he was actually really proud of himself. Uh, it was a big accomplishment for him. So to catch that, like his, his voice, uh, I think that was pretty huge. And then just yeah, all the other random stuff that he said. I had no idea that he talked to himself while he was out there. I thought he was just talking to his friends and to the coaches. Um, so yeah, once I, once I saw it, I was like, okay, I gotta make a YouTube video of this. Like when I started, I didn't know. I just like I'm just curious what the kid's saying. Um, but with the option to make the YouTube video, once I heard all that, I was like, all right, I guess this could be a good YouTube video. And yeah, ended up being pretty good with yeah. it. I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. Um, it made me want to just mic up myself and re-listen to the stuff that I say all day. And it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, yeah. So what? What's kind of what's kind of next for How to Hockey? Any any big big projects on the horizon? Yes. So I like for years I've been wanting to do a uh, membership website where I can like 
teach things uh, really easily, like follow a progression. Because uh, I, I, I had the idea, I guess, for, for quite some time, but I never really pulled the trigger because I didn't want to just like put a whole bunch of drills into one spot and be like, okay, you know, like figure it out. Um, I wanted to find something where, um, I don't know, I, I guess like something very unique where it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same as like anything else out there. I know you guys got your, uh, your, your membership site now. And I think a lot of people have the membership sites going now because of the whole COVID thing going on. Um, yeah, that's something I've been working on for a while. Uh, making YouTube videos and also doing the membership website has been a challenge. Uh, okay. So now I've hired a, uh, someone uh, to help. So I've, I've had someone for the past few months helping work on the website and also with the YouTube videos as well. Uh, so that's coming out. That's the next big project. Um, but for me, it's just, there's been a lot of like thinking going into it, trying to make it as, I guess, efficient as possible and focusing really on like the beginner to intermediate. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, here's your first 10 years of, or five years of hockey, like, and you can just follow all this. Once you get to a certain level, now you can move on to like the elite coaches and, um, you know, you're on the ice five days a week. Uh, that's enough. You don't really need like the website. Nice. Well, that sounds like an exciting project. We'll have to keep our eyes out for. Uh, So Jeremy, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's, as we start to kind of wind this down, uh, we like to always ask for, for some advice. And I mean, that's a big goal of what we try to do on this podcast and with what Danny and I do outside of here. And and I, and I know that's kind of a a big goal of yours as well, but if we relate some advice to youth hockey players looking to improve their game, what, what, what advice would you extend to them? Yeah, biggest advice is, uh, I guess I'll, I'll give two pieces. Number one is that it's better to practice on a, like a daily basis a little bit at a time and get a little bit better each day versus trying to like, you know, you sit around and do nothing for a month, but like, you know what, I'm going to get really good. And you, you go hard for like three days and then you take like another few months off. It's better to because that way you're building on each previous day. And that's how you get a lot better over time. So if you practice for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes each day for a full year, you've made huge gains because every single day you're building on what you learned the day before. Uh, it's like building a house, right? A little bit at a time. Uh, second thing is to always look to challenge yourself. The improvements are made in failure. Uh, if you're good, if you're doing something that's easy, stop doing it. Like if you can hit those targets, no problem. Stop shooting that way. Figure like do throw a stick handling, throw a t- toe drag in first, uh, shoot from further back, try to hit a smaller target. Um, you know, add some movement to it, some crossovers first. You got to always push yourself to failure, uh, then dial it back just a little bit. So it's a struggle. And uh, there's a really good quote. It was one in one of the books, maybe like Malcolm Gladwell, like outliers or one of the, the talent code. Um, it said improvement should look like a fitful struggle. I've always kept that really close. Like no one wants to look bad, right? So when I'm a coach, I'm running a practice. If the kids don't look good, it doesn't feel good, in, right? Because the parents, like if you run a practice where all the everything's perfect and clicking and boom, it, it's awesome and it looks good to the parents. But in reality, the improvement comes when, you know, you look like uh, Bambi out there on the ice and, and, and you're making mistakes and trying to figure that out. Um, so yeah, always challenge yourself. And if you can... Uh, engage in the process of getting better on a regular basis and um, always push yourself so it's a challenge, that's when you're going to make the biggest improvements. So make the most out of that time you spend training. Absolutely. Now flip that for us and, and let's talk about some advice that you might have for, for hockey coaches interested in uh, just, just getting better and impacting the youth. 
yeah, for coaches, it's tough because I think it's hard just to like just be a good coach right off the start. You know, it takes time. Um, I think that my biggest advice would be to think deeply on your philosophy. What do you really believe in? And try to pass that on. Don't try to copy someone else's like, you know, you read one coaching book, you're like, oh, that's how I'm going to coach. Um, because something that's like, uh, I guess, personal to you is something that you can pass on. Uh, I read, talking about reading books, uh, I think it was uh, Win, Win Forever by Pete Carroll. That's sort of where I put, picked up that philosophy. Uh, something that was really uh, close to him was competition. He was always a compete guy. You know, he competed hard and he thought, you know, because I was such a big competitor, I want to bake that into every single practice that I have because it's, it's close to me and it's easy for him to teach because it's something he really believes in. So what do you really believe in? And, you know, what can you, how can you use that to pass it on? Maybe it's having fun and you can be the fun coach, right? But if you're a, a fun guy and you're trying to be the hard ass coach, that's like, it's just not going to work, right? People will see through that. So yeah, find, find the type of personality you are and what you really believe in and, uh, and, and use that through your coaching. I'm a huge fan of competition and all that stuff. And so I think, I think that's huge. And just reflecting self-reflection, you should always, always be doing that. And so we appreciate you giving that advice. Now we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. So I'm just, I'm going to ask you three questions and then boom, 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 be quick answers. And then uh, we'll kind of look to, to close this bad boy up, but uh, you ready? Rapid fire. Let's go. Ready. All right. Favorite place to skate? Outdoor ice. Let's keep it quick. Outdoor outdoor. Ice. Any, any outdoor ice. Frozen lake, frozen pond, frozen parking lot. I don't care. A puddle. Favorite NHL team other than the Leafs? <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. Uh, you're going to make me think. It's supposed to be rapid fire. I like. I just like Detroit Red Wings because I think they have a cool jersey. I like their logo. It's red and white. It's kind of like on brand. There you go. Favorite memory um, from hockey? Oh, man. I think it's the whole feeling of hockey. It's just like having my, my friends feel like my family. Um, I don't know, playing, playing in Iceland when I was a little bit older, that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, yeah. But I think it just, just the whole vibe, the, the culture, the lifestyle, that, that whole feel of hockey. Can't pick I agree. one. Uh, last one, uh, places that you'd like to skate that you haven't yet. Like what's a bucket list? Where do you want to go? Bucket list. You know, I would love to find a river that was just frozen for like miles and just go out with like a couple of buzz and just like skate, like spend a whole day on the river. You know, you do like a, a river float, like a river skate, bring like a barbecue, fire up some, some weenies, have some, some brews, you know, <laughs> like make a day of Absolutely. it, just skate in the river with a pocket. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of like, kind of like mystery Alaska style, but, uh, exactly. maybe less, less training, more hanging out. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm into that idea. Nice. Well, Jeremy, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Why don't we we'll give you a chance for any final thoughts, uh, for our, our listeners, you know, the parents, players, coaches that, that might be listening, any final thoughts you'd like to relate to them? Uh, yeah. I mean, f- final thoughts is, uh, I mean, fall in love with the game. Uh, when you fall in love with the game, it just becomes, a part of your life. It's, it's not just, I'm training just to make the NHL because there's a slim chance of that happening. But if you love the game, then it'll always be a part of you. And, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to get so much more joy out of it because you're going to play when you're older, you're going to coach, you're going to pass that passion on to other kids. You're going to see them come up and do the same thing. You might be playing until you're 80 years old. Right. And, and even if you make the NHL, you, you know what, your, your season's over at 35, 40, 
right? Well, it's better if you just fall in love with the game, you can play until you're 80, 90. I think there's a guy that's almost like 100 that's still playing hockey, so. <laughs> awesome. That's it. Well, I think that's great advice. I think, uh, you know, we touched on a lot of a lot of good points here today in the talk. I think you've got an, uh, an awesome story. Um, before we let you go, where can, where can everybody find you if they want to follow along and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, it's at HowToHockey. I got two channels on YouTube, so there's HowToHockey and there's also Coach Jeremy. And I uh, recently started a TikTok account, and uh, both my usernames were taken. Uh, HowToHockey and Coach Jeremy both snapped up by some kids. Uh, I was late to the game there. So Coach Jeremy HTH on uh, TikTok, if you want to see what I'm up to there. Nice. Well, kids extorting you already, man. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> figure out who those guys are but anyway we really appreciate you coming on it's it great to talk with you learn more about your background and, and what you've got going uh now and in the future uh appreciate the time can before we let you go though can we get a uh, can we get a let's go from you to sign off absolutely let's go oh thank you thank you very much we, we appreciate the time thanks for having me on guys Huge thank you to Coach Jeremy of How To Hockey for joining us on the podcast today. I think that was an awesome conversation. It was really a great insight into what he's doing to help benefit the game. But I think, um, Heater, I think we jump into the three stars. Do you want to get us rolling here? Absolutely. Third star of the night is just how much Coach Rupke is giving back to the game. Like, you could honestly be a beginning hockey player and have videos and content and knowledge that he's put out there totally for free and watch for days and sift through and work on your skills. So I commend, I commend him for that, which is, it's pretty cool to see the way he's helped leaving the game better than he's found it. So that's awesome. And then second star for me is honestly that mic'd up Mason video. I think I've watched it a hundred times uh, and it gets funnier every time. And, you know, next time I'd like to see it, if he can do it where he's mic'd up, but then he has a GoPro attached kind of face in his head. So you can see his facial expressions. I don't know, just the next uh, kind of a next level idea if you want to hook up on that uh, coach and we could do a little collaboration piece together. But uh, that's what I got. What do you got for first star? First star of the night. For, uh, for me, it's, it's really about Coach Jeremy's true passion and love for the game. You know, here's a guy that he, he openly admits that growing up, he didn't have a lot of the resources and access to a lot of the coaches and training and, and, um, and kind of help and direction, uh, that a lot of other kids had in hockey. And yet his true love for the game and passion for the game has really, you know, over the years, he found a way to stay involved with the game, found a way to share his passion for the game. And that in turn has allowed him to, you know, do what he's doing now and, and, and is, is making a positive impact on the game for, literally hundreds of thousands of kids all over the world. You know, kids, kids coming up in hockey, they know who coach Jeremy is of how to hockey and in a, in a really positive way. And they're learning from him and they're in the content that he puts out on YouTube and Instagram and, and all the other channels that, uh, you know, it's making a positive impact on the players that jump out there uh, and want to get extra information. And, you know, for a kid that maybe was, doesn't have access to all the, the resources in the world, he provides so much free information and free coaching uh, advice and details and tips and tricks and, um, you know, and entertaining stuff too, like hockey entertainment. You know, it's sure. basically bottom line. It's a guy who loves the game and has, has shared so much passion for it that it's turned into his full-time 
career and he's doing a fantastic job sharing that love for the game and, and helping build the game all over the world. So for me, um, that's my biggest takeaway from this. This is that you can't be limited for with what you might think you don't have. Um, but you follow your passion and, and if you are truly passionate about that and want to make a positive influence in the world or in, in the hockey community, uh, it's possible out there. And Jeremy is a, uh, a perfect example of that. And, you know, I really am impressed with, with, uh, how he's made that work over the years. And, and I, I love seeing what he comes up with. So for me, that's the first star follow the passion. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot to take away. And so we appreciate you coming on coach, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're in this thing together and let's go. What do you say, coach? I say, let's go. Let's go. And that's another episode of the let's go hockey podcast. Thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of the show. Thanks again to coach Jeremy for coming on. And if you're not following him already, I don't know what to say. I mean, really, if you're not following Coach Jeremy on some sort of social media, you might have a flip phone. I mean, you you might not even have access to the internet at this point, but scroll down. If you're not already following him, scroll down to the description, click his links, make sure you give him a follow. Once again, thank you so much to Coach Jeremy. We want to make sure we thank our sponsors. First of all, HockeyWolf.com and LacrosseWolf.com for all things hockey and lacrosse. We hope that you guys are using them for all of your hockey and lacrosse needs. Finally, Gel Stick Sports. Gel Sticks are the most innovative and best weighted training aids on the market for hockey, lacrosse, and golf. They've got it all. And if you haven't heard about Gel Sticks, you need to go check them out at gelsticks.com. That's G E L S T X.com. Get yourself a weighted training aid and maximize your next training session with a Gel Sticks. Right now, we've teamed up with them to offer you, our wonderful, wonderful listeners, 20% off your entire order. Go visit their website and fill up your basket with all of the training aids for any sport that your heart desires. Then use promo code LETSGO at checkout. That's L-E-T-S-G-O at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Get a training product to help you maximize all of your time off the ice, on the driving range, whenever you're shooting in your backyard, hockey, lacrosse, golf, they've got it all. So go to gelsticks.com today and let them know that we sent you by using the promo code Let's Go. So thank you so much to Gelsticks and thank you, the listener. You know we love you and we couldn't do this without you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.